Hi and welcome to the Unveil podcast, debunking wedding planning all the way to I do. As a photographer and videographer in the industry, we're asked daily as to where to start when it comes to planning your big day. So allow us to help you make the planning process as seamless as possible. Consider Unveiled your little black book of weddings, packed full of insight from industry experts, do's and don'ts from couples who have tied the knot, plus an abundance of info on your most requested topics. I'm Lucy, founder and wedding photographer at Lucy Weddings, and I'm here with wedding videographer and my soon-to-be husband, Eddie Blake. G'day, Lucy. We've got a good topic today. One of our listeners has written in and asked if we could do an episode on weddings on a budget, which we thought is an awesome one. So you and I have put our heads together and we've come up with our top 10 things that we think you guys can do to save money when it comes to planning your big day. So I'll just start with some some stats first. So just jumped onto moneysmart.gov.au and they have the average wedding in Australia costs roughly $36,000. So according to a Money Smart survey, 82% of couples dipped into their savings to pay for their wedding. Another 60% of couples got a loan and 18% have used a credit card. Yeah, right. Interesting. All right. Well, let's kick our top 10 off. So the first one we've got is weekday and looking at winter months to book your wedding. For this one, I think it primarily revolves around your wedding venue rather than your suppliers as a whole. I think you'll find that a lot of venues will look to discount on a weekday and yeah, during those winter months. I know that we've booked our wedding for August and we we received a very generous 15% off our venue. Again, case by case, not all venues, well, we can't speak on behalf of all venues, but I think you're most likely going to get a nicer price tag on a venue in those winter months or on a weekday. And look, everyone on your guest list will be stoked with a couple of extra days off work, I would say. (laughs) The other benefit of having a a weekday or a winter wedding is you're more than likely to have a better chance of securing the vendors that you really want uh, because it's at that off-peak time as well. Yeah. Don't be afraid to look at winter, guys. It is such a beautiful beautiful time of the year yes it's cold but here in Australia I can throw some really gorgeous days yeah and Lucy and I booked our wedding for late August and we were kind of in the boat of oh no it's going to be too cold and what we did we just opened our calendar and looked at all of our weddings for the last you know seven eight years in August and we were like beautiful beautiful yeah. beautiful so it kind of got us across the line as well so just something to have a think about yeah and less chance of rain yeah that's right it's a big one So number two, Amy touched on this last week, but it's sitting down with your partner and being able to separate the essentials from the nice-to-haves at your wedding. So at weddings, the vendor list can really start to to jack up. There's so many different vendors you can have on your day, but really limiting those is going to save you guys a stack of money as well. So some of the essentials, obviously you've got your celebrant, your venue, your catering, I'd probably even say your music as well. And some of the nice-to-haves, again, it's whatever is most important to you guys, but potentially some of the things like your cake, your styling, you know, whether or not you're going to have cocktails or not, and even videography as well. Yeah, and just to add to that, it may not be actually eliminating it altogether. It may just be looking at sort of a creative way to do it. Um, I know a lot of mums or aunties and family like getting involved with, say, making the cake 
or doing the floral arrangements, etc., etc. So number three, we have reducing the guest list at your wedding. So extremely difficult task ahead of yourselves. Yeah, which is already, and we know it's already hard enough, but it is an option and it is an option that works well because often the caterers and your venue work on a per head basis. Yeah, so grab a glass of wine, sit down with your partner and, you know, it's, it's a really tough decision. But if you can somehow limit those numbers at your wedding, then you are going to be able to save some money. Yeah, a good way to do it is just like really thinking about when the last time was that you caught up with the person that you're putting on. Another one is don't feel like you have to invite couples. I think that's a big one that a lot of people might get stuck with is like, you know, inviting one person that they're super close with but then having this awkward situation of we don't know the other half that well so don't feel like you have to do it that way either yes and just don't let outside influences pressure you into something into a decision that you guys don't want to make that's the biggest one just just be really true to yourselves and as a couple as long as you guys are on the same page you're going to nail it and just be really confident with your decision making agreed all right so number four we have the venue so just be really cautious with this one because like amy touched on last week sometimes if a venue is more affordable it just has less inclusion so when you're sitting down and identifying venues just be really cautious of what that venue actually includes because, you know, if you're having a DIY wedding, they might just give you the bare bones in terms of the venue, but then you've got to bring everything else in and that's not just something that you've got to fork out financially, but logistically can actually be a bit of a headache as well. So number five on the list, we have catering and booze. Yeah, so I think for this one, once you've established what style of wedding you'd like to have, whether it be cocktail or sit down, your options kind of fall under those. Canapé suits a cocktail wedding a lot more and is definitely going to be that little bit cheaper. As soon as you move through onto a sit down, you've got the option of a shared banquet followed by a two course meal, followed by the option of a three course meal. Shared banquet is slightly cheaper than a two course meal. And then a two-course meal is slightly cheaper than a three-course meal, obviously due to the quantity of the amount of food that you guys get. From experience, we've been to a lot of weddings with the shared banquet option and it works amazingly. Yeah, really, really well. It really dodges that whole like sitting at a table, waiting for your meal to come out and you see the meal that you really want. And then what the waiter's bringing towards you. Please don't bring me that. Please don't bring me that. Yeah. So instead, you get the ability to choose how much food you want to eat, what you would like to eat. And yeah, I mean, the, every every time we've had it at a wedding, it's it's beautiful. And let's be real, how many people are actually still sitting down for that third course? In saying this, we're basing this off catering options that we've both spoken about with our friends and also that we've explored for our own wedding. This may not actually be the case with every catering company. So best to just sit down and look through the options of what, you know, you might have a venue that has its own catering. So that may not be an option. And they might not even have that shared banquet option. It might just be, it's literally just two cost meal. Sorry, really talked up the shared banquet (laughs) option. (laughs) If you can get it, get it because it's amazing. Yeah, but what we're trying to say is there are a lot of different options to cater your wedding and some of them are going to be on the more affordable side of things. So just sitting down with your partner and having a look at those. Next one would would be booze. So this is depending if you're 
venue has a liquor license or not, but some of your DIY weddings, you're, you're bringing your booze in, which is going to save you a ton of money. So I know that's what we're doing for our wedding. We're basically just going to go stock up at Dan Murphy's, get a rough estimate on how much booze we need to supply, which is probably a fair bit for our guests. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're basically just giving the booze to the venue staff and they're issuing it out throughout the wedding. Yeah, we've we've booked a great company called Henry Clive. Yeah. So they pretty much take it all, pour it up, take it around. Yeah, and to give you an idea, I think Henry Clive are charging us roughly $2,000 or maybe a little bit more, and that's for issuing drinks all afternoon. They bring their bar, they bring four staff. You have the option to have another bar, yeah, a second bar, which would be an additional cost. But for us, we were like $2,000, that's money well spent in our yep. opinion because they also bring all the glassware too so yeah that's a that's a big one yeah we thought that was a money well spent number six is bridal attire so a few things i think would fall under this one bridesmaids and groomsmen ed you've been a groomsman for however many of your friends and the way that boys usually do it is pretty much just go 50 50 if that works like it's it's different you know if you're just having like a just shirt and pants or something but then as soon as you add on the jacket as well it, it can the cost can start adding up and especially if you've got multiple groomsmen so a way that a lot of people have done it in the past is you just literally go 50 50 with the suits because you know I'm, i've definitely worn all yeah. my suits that i've had at weddings before definitely. so they're always you, nice you, you they're get something beautiful. out of it and your your bridesmaids and yeah groomsmen, you so they're not going to be they're not going to... They don't have the expectation of you having to cover every single bit. That's right. Yeah. So don't put that pressure on yourselves and don't be afraid to just discuss that with your bridal crew. I know for a lot of girls that I've spoken to, especially if they're dressing them all in the same dress, like the bride has chosen the same dress across the board, they've sort of said, this is the dress I'd like you to wear. I will pay half because the price tag is X. But then another option is if you want to just pick a color and it then it allows the girls to just go and find something that is a bit more along their budget and it kind of takes a strain off you having to I mean you could still go halves I guess but it also you know if you're buying an $80 dress versus a $500 dress it kind of takes the pressure off you having to cover that whole price tag. Yeah, and it also makes all the girls very comfortable with what they're wearing. Exactly. I guess. Yeah. So that's an option for bridesmaids and groomsmen. And then for girls trying to find their beautiful gown, there's the secondhand option. So looking at eBay, looking at Etsy, looking at those kind of platforms because there is so much out there. And I know that a lot of girls love the idea of holding on to their wedding dress till they're old and gray and they get to show their kids what they wore but I think that is becoming a little less common now and girls are selling their gowns and for affordable prices and it's a been worn once and you know the likelihood of it being in pretty much perfect nick is very likely so that I think that's definitely an option too I think we had Tula on a couple of weeks ago and she mentioned just that she sort of justified the expensive price tag on her wedding gown uh, because she then went on to sell that dress secondhand so she recouped some of those costs so it just goes to show that you there are people out there selling wedding dresses yeah and don't feel the pressure to have to buy something brand new so number seven we have call on friends to help we kind of touched on this back in 
2.2 with separating essentials from the nice to haves. But yeah, it's just don't not being afraid to outsource within your friend circle, your family circle because people are so generous and so willing to help and if anything they kind of like would love to be asked I would say and even if you're having more of a DIY wedding sometimes setting up the ch- the tables and chairs at the reception or even setting up the arbor and the and the chairs at the ceremony as well I've been at weddings before and even the day before or the morning of some of the guests have helped with that and you're more than happy to do it I guess it's just you know not going over the top with what you're asking your your mates to do but you know majority of the time they're more than happy to help out so number eight we've gone with reducing photographer and videographer coverage so with these packages generally photographers will offer like a minimum of six hours which can range anywhere to like 10 to 12 hours so I think it's just looking at your day and really having a chat with your partner and deciding which parts of the day are essentially the most important to you guys to have covered Eight hours is obviously generally the sweet spot. It covers everything from prep through to, you know, that little bit of dance floor before things start getting a little bit messy. But often you can look at something like a six-hour package, which is going to save you, I can't exactly say in Probably money. anywhere between 500 to potentially a, a couple dollars. of thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah exactly. Depending on the photographer. Yeah. So, for example, you could have your videographer and your photographer start at your ceremony which obviously probably the most important part of the day to most so to start there and then you count six hours from there and it covers everything at your reception which is super important like your speeches your first dance your cake cutting your father-daughter dance and then, of course, the dance floor. Yeah. So essentially, the only thing that you're missing really is the getting ready section. Well, I was getting to that. So you can be a bit creative with that, I feel, and, you know, have some, say, disposable cameras where your bridesmaids and your groomsmen take the initiative to walk around and use those. Film camera. I mean, an iPhone these days works pretty damn well. Yeah. I mean, this is just an idea to potentially save you guys a little bit of money in that area it's not going to suit everyone i suppose but this is just one of the ways that we thought yeah and we're essentially shooting ourselves in the foot here by saying (laughs) reducing coverage for photo and video but i think there is creative ways that you can do it and it does save you save you a bit of money yeah especially in the in the warmer months the ceremony is usually starting at would you say between three and four o'clock loose yes so if you're starting your coverage at sort of two thirty, three o'clock. That means you're getting coverage all the way to like nine, nine thirty for six hours, which is more than enough time to comprehensively capture the dance floor before the photographer departs. So, you know, that is just another way that you could potentially save on money. So number nine, we have avoid fancy transport. So this one's pretty self-explanatory, but if you can, this is another way that you can save on costs. So sometimes logistically, if you're having a big bridal party, couples uh, worried a little bit about where get it fairing the bridal party around between the ceremony and the reception, especially if they're two different areas. But one of the ways to do this, and Lucy and I have done this at weddings as well, is basically after the ceremony, you take the family photos, but then you kind of just find a, a spot that's local to the ceremony. And that, or I've had couples get in my Hyundai i30. 
Yeah, well, that's what it's I was not saying. So bad. You might not, you might not be able to fit the whole bridal party in the Hyundai i thirty. So, what I'm saying is, maybe you can shoot the bridal party near that ceremony area, and then the photographer is literally just taking the couple for like that portrait session. Yeah, great idea. Or you just look at something like a minibus rather than a limo. Yeah, that's right. That kind of thing. So number ten, and probably our favourite is elope and throw a wedding so this is throw a wedding elope and throw a wedding that's (laughs) doing double (laughs) elope and throw a party (laughs) so what we mean here is either having the ceremony close to home or potentially overseas after covid sorts it's act out and having a really small intimate wedding with your immediate family and and a couple of mates potentially they'll also be your witnesses for the ceremony and then you got your celebrant as well and either Maybe that afternoon or another day completely, you just throw a party at a surf club or, you know, an affordable venue. And that way you can have all your best mates celebrate with you, but you're just doing the the legal part and the intimate part with just your really small, close group. All right. So that's a wrap. That's our top 10. So hopefully you guys took something from that and it helped you out a little bit. Shout out to... Our listener, Kate, who put that suggestion of weddings on a little bit of a budget through. Those, all of those suggestions were amazing, guys. And thank you so much for sending those through. We are going to try and work through them all. A lot of them will tie into an actual episode. So please keep those coming because that's essentially what we really want from this. We want to make this platform exactly what you guys want it to be. So that shapes it for us. Yeah, and thanks for all the amazing feedback we've been getting so far. It really encourages us to keep on pushing out this content. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.